0: Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino.
1: Rhino's got him set up on the rope right here. uh rhino very good um welcome back to another edition of the rhino wrestling review i'm your host dan rhino brought to you by our friends at prowrestling.com and this is going to be a very cool show this week because it is going to be 100 focused on one of my favorite Independent wrestlers here in the Midwest scene, Uh, we're both St. Louis boys, so it was really cool to get a chance to sit down and talk finally to somebody who I've been uh, seeing at live shows for the last several years and have really become a big fan of his work, both in singles and in the Alpha and Omega tag team, that being Mr. Camaro Jackson. I really wanted to talk to Camaro because of his involvement in a big event and a really cool event that happened up in Iowa a couple of weeks ago, that being the Black Wrestlers Matter event. We are going to get into the idea behind that event taking place, his experiences with that, some of the negative reactions that... Him and some of the other performers had to deal with leading up to that event. But overall, the positivity and the love that came out of that event and the fact that they've already scheduled Black Wrestlers Matter 2 for 2021, that being on uh, appropriately Juneteenth. Uh, You can follow Camaro Jackson on Instagram and Twitter. He is at Heel Camaro. That's at H-E-E-L-C-A-M-A-R-O on Instagram and Twitter just a joy to uh sit down with this young man as he is still in the early stages of a burgeoning pro wrestling career but already so good at his craft and just getting better every time he steps into that ring going to talk about his love of pro wrestling growing up how that morphed into his his training how the coronavirus pandemic has affected his pro wrestling journey. We're going to talk about being a husband, being a good husband and a good father. We're going to cover all the bases with Camaro Jackson. So, I really hope you enjoy it. It's me sitting down with Camaro Jackson, indie wrestling superstar here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by our friends at prowrestling.com. Join here on the Rhino Wrestling Review and prowrestling.com by one of my favorites currently on the independent scene one half of Alpha and Omega, but a top-notch single star in his own right, Camaro Jackson. Camaro, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you today, man? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time out. I'm really excited to talk with you. Like I said, uh, I was telling you before we were recording, you've been a uh, uh, guy I really enjoy watching every time I get to see you live, so uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to talk with you and uh, talk to uh, the listeners here on uh, ProWrestling.com. I really appreciate it. Man, man, I'm lucky to be here, man. Uh, Excited to have you on the show. Like I said, you're one of the guys I look forward to seeing when I go to shows here in the Midwest. And I really wanted to have you reflect on the Black Wrestlers Matter event that took place in Iowa just a little while back. Really great show, which you can go back and watch at uh, blackwrestlersmatter.com. You can pick up uh, merch from the show there. But we always start talking about your wrestling fandom and how you became a fan of this crazy sport that we love so much. Uh, were you a fan as a kid? Were you an Attitude Era guy? Uh, what does the Camaro Jackson arc look like as a wrestling fan?
0: So I would say I started watching wrestling probably right at the end of the Attitude Era, towards the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression. So probably mm-hmm. like, what was it, the year 2000, 2000, 2001 is when I really started watching. Um, I really started getting into it uh the following year. I'm a ruthless aggression era guy though, man. Throwing through. Throwing through. That's my favorite era. Even like just going back and watching old wrestling, like that's my favorite era. Era. It was just all my favorites, man. You had Eddie, you had Cena, you had Batista, you had young Randy Orton, you had Benoit, like you had those guys. In their youth, in their prime, just doing these great things, and it was a great time. Just a kid, being a kid watching that, was just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a really underrated era when you think about. It. You know, everybody kind of goes to, you know, the Monday Night Wars, and they go to the Attitude Era. But uh, WWE Network just did a special on the Ruthless Aggression Era, era and there's so much stuff there that that people kind of just, you know, gloss over. And it's it's really a shame because there's so much gold there. It had so, so
0: good, man. So much good stuff, man. Like, with L- Ruther's Aggression Era, you had, like, you had, man, remember Velocity? Oh, my God. I love Velocity. <laughs> I'll never forget when I discovered Velocity. I said, what is this? I said, oh, we got some more wrestling? Cool. It was just, man, hard, oh, man. Especially, like, SmackDown on Thursday nights. Oh forget about it man just good
1: stuff. Yeah, you really forget you really don't realize that you're in the good old days until the good old days are gone. Yep. And then you kind of look back on them finally it's like man we had some good stuff back then. And uh you yeah, know it's, it's 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 really interesting to look at you know when when different wrestlers, you know, got it became fans of pro wrestling because a lot of uh you know I was a fan ever since I was like six years old, but then I kinda of fell out of it for several years there. And then yeah. everybody's got kinda of got a story of what pulled them back in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So let me see, I was about I think I'll see, six or seven when I got into it. Um, then when I really, really, really started getting into it. I was about eight or nine. So it took me a while to not it didn't take me a while to get into it, but like when, I, when you're young, you like you you watch you just watch stuff. Sometimes you're like, oh, what's that? Then you catch him when you can. Then like uh, back like back when I was growing up, I unless I went to my grandmother's house, I didn't have cable. So at home, I was just chilling. So one time I was on, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I so happened to uh the bottom line. I don't know if you remember the bottom line. It was called Saturdays. So it was like a recap show for Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh shoot, shoot okay, I can watch some wrestling, play, you know, recap show an hour a day, that's cool with me, then, as I got older, then, like, I started watch, I found SmackDown on UPN, and I'm like, oh, this, this is what it said, I right. like, I always had to keep up with the shows and stuff on WWE.com and stuff the best way I can, you know, like, the early 2000s, the internet wasn't really what but it is now so it was really hard to find like couldn't even you couldn't find live streams back then mm-hmm. so yeah like, it was
1: if you could uh it would you know we had the old dial up and so <laughs> you yeah know, you yeah, could yeah. find something it wasn't very reliable but you know so so how did that transition to to you wanting to take this as your career path and, and as an extension of that once you decided for that When did you uh, begin your training and how did that all come about? So
0: in high school, middle school, high school, college, I ran track. And I always had in the back of my head, well, if track doesn't work out, maybe I'll wrestle, you know. And I was just so keen. I was so convinced that I was going to be this great Olympic athlete. I was going to go to the Olympics. And my my body wasn't agreeing with me. Every time I tried to get – every time I got better – I would hurt myself. Just I have big legs, and it's hard to t- like really take care of my big legs. <laughs> and trying to be like a, like run up as fast as I did, it was hard. It was difficult. And I was tired of getting injured. I was just tired of getting hurt, and tired of being disappointed. And then once after my freshman year in college, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put on some size, and I'm gonna try to be a wrestler. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going off. I was just doing what I, what I thought was right. So I put on probably a good, what, the first was about a good 20 pounds. I went from like 180 to 205. Um, Then, let's see, 2020, or was it 2014? Was it 2014? Either, I think it was 2014. No, it was 2013, the summer of 2013. One of those years, either the summer of 2014 or 2013. Um, No, it was the summer of 2014. Um, I went to a camp for Harley Race or for WOW. And, um, I just wanted to get my feet wet. I was like, all right, I know I'm not going to be able to do this until I'm done with college, but I want to just dive into it, see what I'm getting myself into. And, like, that the first day was freaking mind blowing because I'm like, wow, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Just learning how to bump, the conditioning. I'm like, do I really want to do this? So, I had some time to think about it, you know, I'm like, alright, I'm still in school, I got, I'm got, i going to hopefully come back and pursue my training. I always kept it in the back of my head, but just with school and stuff, I was like, I'm going to wait, you know, until I'm completely done with college. But then, my second to last semester of my senior year, I was going to school in Kansas City. So, second to last semester of my senior year, um, my roommate told me about these uh wrestling trials He was a big wrestling fan just like me he was a big uh, wrestling trials he's like hey should check this out my friend is uh part of this um organization that's starting up in kansas city and i'm like oh okay what what is it about he's like he's going to be the strength and conditioning coach and so when he said that i'm like what is this i had to read up on it and this is back when the nwl was starting to get introduced or whatever and um Then it had a a a, a tryout. It had Derek Stone, uh, um, champion of Metro Pro X Y Z. I'm like, oh okay, I'm I'm gonna check it out. And I'm like, man, and you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I'm gonna disappoint myself because I can't afford this right now. I'm still in school. I'm trying to graduate. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna go. I went, and and, like, that's when I met Derek Stone. I met uh, Jeremy Wyatt. Uh I met uh Niles Plunk. Um who else did I mean? I met quite a few like of the guys like that's been around this area for quite some time. And I was just like, wow, like this is I wanna do it. Like something just told me like I wanna do it now. I don't know why, but like it was like now. It's the time. And I'm like I knew I had a lot on my plate already. I was working in school, uh at the time. I was working on kid number two while in school. Like, man, it was just a lot then. But, like, Derek was so warm with how he just was trying to, like, bring me in welcome me. I was like, man, he convinced me. He convinced me otherwise. And I'm like, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Um, Then it was full sail from there, man. Uh, I started. I had my tryout, like, December the 11th, I believe, of 2016. Then... Um, Back then, before the, the training center opened up in North Kansas City, we would train in Lenexa, Kansas. So, for me, that was a two-hour bus ride. So, right after work, I would get on the bus and just ride for about two hours to get to Lenexa, Kansas, just to go train with Derek. So, Derek was training the full-time guys. He was training Mike Outlaw, um, Bolt Brady, uh, KLD, Maverick, Dak Draper, Regal Twins, all those guys, and I'm like, all right, he will invite me, I'm like, all right, where is it? Lenexa Nexa I'm like, damn, how am I going to get there? And I'm just like, wow, like, all right, all right, I, got, I, gotta, I gotta make a way, I gotta figure it out, so I got GPSed, and I'm like, oh, an hour, 45 minutes, I'm like, two hours, cool, I guess I'll do it, and at the time it was only like every Wednesday or something, like once a week or something. I'm my like, god, right, I can do this at least for now until the training center opens up in Kansas City. Um, so I took the bus. It was like probably for like a month I did this, and good two-hour bus ride. Luckily at the time I was reading uh Chris Jericho's uh first couple books, Undisputed, and I forget the other one right after one, but I was reading his books at the time, so I was on a bus ride. Cool. I it it didn't bother me because it was something I wanted to do. Um, then like. Over time, man, like, things just started getting better just with training-wise. Like, I feel like I picked up everything real quick just off the strength because, like, when you're a wrestling fan, like, when you're around that stuff all the time, you watch it, you you, you breathe it, whatever, it, it was easy for me. It felt like I was like, oh, okay. I can do this, and like, I'm already an athlete, I'm already, I'm already athletic, you don't have to teach me how to jump, run, whatever, you teach me how to protect myself in the ring, really, so, I started, the, I think the TPC opened up in February, Um, so I started training there, it was easier bus ride for me, of course. This is in Kansas City, so it was easier for me to get there. Um, Dude, I was probably training like four times a week when I first started. So, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Um, maybe I'll come in on a Wednesday. It depends what Derek has for me. Um, then I'll come in on a Saturday morning. And... The NWL shows will be right after um, training. Man, it, it was a, I did a lot of moving around when I first started, and I didn't care. Like I'm like, wow, like I'm chasing my dream, and it was very tiring. Starting now, I was like, wow, I got to take the bus to North Kansas City. Now I got to go back all the way into the city of KC to get to the so I can set up the ring. Um, now I got to take another bus home after the show at midnight, but it's worth it. I was loving it, I was loving being around this atmosphere, I'm like, alright, this is going to be me, give me a year or two, I'm going to be just like these dudes who I look up to, and, like, I would say, like, I'm, the attitude that I had starting out, that, that I still have, it's, it's helped me so much, because I feel like this is, like, other than, like, I say my family, this is, like, something I've put like 120% effort in like even with track like I really I don't think I was serious even though I was good at it I don't think I was as serious as I should have been and that's why I honestly feel like I never reached that next level but I feel like wrestling like wrestling was always there wrestling was there when I was a kid that wrestling was there when I was sad Wrestling was there when I was going through a rough breakup in high school. Like wrestling is always there for me, man. And like I'm like, wow, this is I have the opportunity to do something that very few people can't do. So I'm like, why not? And it's been a crazy, wild ride ever since, man. That was what I started in 2016. It's 2020 now, so you know what I mean. A lot, a lot has changed since then, man. A lot, a
1: lot. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. The stories that you tell, you know, the my, the number of miles that that you put on, you know, whether it's, you know, in a car, whether it's on a bus, whether it's on a train, that is, you know, just a classic, you know, story of somebody following their dreams on the independent wrestling scene. And like I said, I've seen you here in the St. Louis area, Glory Pro and, and Harley Races WLW. So where else has, has pro wrestling taken you uh, in your, your four years on the circuit?
0: So, when I first started, um, I was going to Iowa regularly for 3XW. Um, let us see, Oklahoma for this motion that doesn't exist anymore. What was it called? IZW, I believe. Um, then I would go down to Denver for Rocky Mountain Pro. I was going down there for about a good six months and that was probably like that was a real fun period of my my first year of wrestling like that was real fun just being able to be in a car ride it was always me uh kenny my tag partner and Derek. we would always just ride together it was always it was hard trying to ride through western kansas because there's nothing to see in western kansas it's awful but man being it going into colorado hanging with the boys from rocky mountain pro it was always a good time i had a always had a blast there man um just like let's see it's just oh man it was just an awesome experience i'm gonna, I'm gonna go into that too much detail about our times there but uh, i got you you. Know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it is the colorado
1: i got uh, you. <laughs> I have my sister out. my sister's out there trust me i understand
0: <laughs> it's fun man just being able to be out of my element somewhere else it was cool and everybody treated you like family that's what i love about wrestling like you 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 hear you hear these horror stories but like honestly like man it's it's a fight my experience everyone's just, my, like it's part of the family for me man like everyone's always warm and welcoming for me uh but anywho let me see where else of course kansas uh when I was living in Kansas City, I was regularly in Kansas. Uh what's the promotions in Kansas? I can't even think of the damn names to the places I went to. They were real like run down places, places that still owe me money to this day. <laughs> but uh let me see.
1: Yeah, you hear a lot about you hear a lot about stories like that too. So it's good that you you're getting the entire wrestling experience, you know. You get uh shady promoters being held, you know, owing you money and stuff like that. You're getting everything.
0: And it was funny, he was like, yeah, man, um, I'll PayPal you in co- uh, tomorrow, I was like, okay, tomorrow never came, then we, like, put the guy on blast on Facebook, but, like, <laughs> he blocked me, so, like, hey, bro, you gonna block me, you owe me money, what you mean, but it is what it is now, at this point, uh, of course, I've been around in Missouri, that's that's the territory right there, brother, uh, Illinois, uh, let me think, Tennessee, Mississippi, uh, Indiana, Ohio, uh, I believe that's it for wrestling. We're supposed to go to Minnesota this weekend, but show got rescheduled to next month, so I'm looking forward to going to Minnesota next month. That be my first time wrestling in Minnesota, so that would be pretty cool. You,
1: you talked about you know some of the independents that maybe are, are struggling a little bit, but on the other side, there's so many top-notch – independent organizations out there right now. And I know the, yeah, the pandemic's really put a damper on, on the live shows, but you're slowly starting to see things open up a little bit more with some of the, some of the restrictions that they have to have on uh, attendance and things like that. But it seems like things are slowly starting to get back in the good direction. But if you thought about like a year ago and you looked at the independent scene, you would say that – this was probably the strongest the independent scene has ever been
0: absolutely dude like oh my goodness i feel like the independent scene is untouchable right now because everyone i feel like everyone has a chip on their shoulder like everyone is like all right we get we got we got to prove ourselves like we we're we're in this we're in this uh predicament where we have to make something out of what we have especially like in this pandemic era um it's given especially me like i feel like i've become more creative um just trying to think of different ways to make money without wrestling as much um so i'm just just trying to expand upon that man and just remembering like all right I have to stay ready. Regardless of there's not that many shows running, I have to still stay ready. So I'm still training, I'm still in the gym I'm still. I'm still studying my wrestling like I still have to stay sharp because you never know when an opportunity might come. So, I think this era this 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 misstep of the pandemic era is it's very humbling. It makes me appreciate everything, man.
1: So, how has that affected? You talked about your training. How has that affected you being able to when we could even go to the gyms you know are you uh you know setting up things at home to kind of try to you know stay in shape during just kind of you know work with whatever you've got available like you said try to be as creative as possible
0: yeah it was hard at first man because like I'm a gym rat so when the gym closed I'm like oh come on please so I'm trying to work it out working out the parks I'm getting stuff off the Facebook marketplace and i'm like this this ain't the same man then that first day back at the gym when i got on the scale, i said dang what happened i'm like no so i'm like all right i gotta hit it i gotta get back because i gotta show up coming. I, gotta, I gotta get back man so it's i'm really grateful of like even the like things opening up slowly but surely like i'm just grateful and i'm trying to i want to hold on tight to the things that you don't really appreciate as much until like it's gone
1: yeah that's a big byproduct yeah positive byproduct of the all the negativity that's been happening is that you start to appreciate you know like the the essential employees you start to appreciate the things that you took for granted like you know Food and you know, <laughs> you know, going to the gym and just little things like that. That it's given us kind of a new uh, appreciation of. So, if if we can pull something positive out of that, that this is a that's a good thing.
0: For sure, man. Definitely,
1: I agree. Uh, let's talk about the Black Wrestlers Matter event in Iowa. Awesome show. Like I said, I caught it on video on demand. Got my t-shirt coming as well. If you haven't seen it, go to BlackWrestlersMatter.com. Uh, what was the overall goal of the event like kind of what was the event mission statement and what were some of your highlights of that uh, show
0: man i just feel like just being able to put on something of that nature that you never like see you've never heard of like even like the like the, the positive we had, we definitely had the negative, and like trying to like tell people like, hey, this isn't one of those things where we're trying to exclude people, but this is this is to show like, hey, we these are people who have been here, who are here, and they deserve an opportunity, and they're gonna finally get the opportunity without without being overshadowed by those who are who are like who already have that, like, beacon of, quote-unquote, greatness, or whatever you want to call it. Because sometimes when, like, you see these shows, you see the same guys, the same guys who who get put on these pedestals. And there's nothing wrong with that. you got to have your, you've got to have your, um, your crow roster. you got to have your, your strong, your guys who you use, who you put on the poster front and scene. But... It comes a time where it's frustrating to see you get overlooked time and time again. And it, it, it's 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 also one um, it's just it's disheartening to see like, dang, where where is someone on the card that looks like me? Where is someone on the card who, you know is different like me, you know, instead of the same old, same old. So I just feel like it was an opportunity to show like, hey, we can do it too um we're just as good as you no matter what we look like what we may seem like on outside we're still the same as you and it felt good to have all the attention on us it felt great it like that social social media the social media interaction we had that night it blew my mind because i've never really experienced that really before um even like being like on the upper echelons of, like, the independent circuit, like, I, I never really faced that, like, oh, wow, okay, I feel good about that, because I got, I bandy searched myself, and I see all these tweets about me, and like, oh, okay, cool, but, like, not even just me, about him, about her, him, her, him, her, like, all of us, we did this cool thing, and now people had no choice but to notice us.
1: Yeah it's it's awesome man. You, kind of going back to something you said a second ago. You know, it's it's crazy how society and pro wrestling through the years have always kind of paralleled each other. And there whether people realize it or not there's always a strong parallel between what's going on in society and what's going on in pro wrestling. And I remember following your social media as we were leading up to the Black Wrestlers Matter or Black Wrestling Matters event. And and just like people having issue with the Black Lives Matter phrase, people were having issues with the event and the event name. Why do you think there's such a societal disconnect with just those phrases, like Black Lives Matter and Black Wrestling Matters? Why do you think that's such a hot-button thing for some people? some people? I think, honestly, people
0: – it's either it, – for me, I feel like it's two answers. They either – legit just don't get it and don't have like someone to tell them why they should or sometimes they don't care and i feel they don't care they don't care to want to want to know or want to understand or try to understand because we live in a, we literally live in the age of the internet where you can literally look up why these things are happening why it's important to support these things or even have a not even support not only support it but have an understanding of these phrases um i think people are like oh well why 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 is this being said isn't isn't it hypocritical like no we're not on the spectrum of trying to separate ourselves from everyone we're trying to let everyone know like hey we matter too we're here too um it's not about supremacy it's it, at the end of the day it's about togetherness we're trying to bring everyone together but we want to we want to be loud and saying hey 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 we're here too we matter too but don't think you don't matter but I'm just letting you know we matter too at the end of the day so it's just i think it's it comes down to educating that person but me personally i'm going to always say hey i'm not your google you can find out this information <laughs> And you don't care to learn why? Then that's your problem, you know what I mean? Because what do what do I look like? I'm 26 years old, telling a four, 45, 50 year old white dude like, hey man, why don't you Google this? Like you know this, you but you choose to be ignorant because you feel like someone is trying to uh, step over you when it's not even that, man. We just we just want, we just want the same rights as you we want the same opportunities as you that's all it is at the end of the day it's all love like you know what i'm saying it ain't ain't out of it ain't out of hatred it ain't out of war whatever you want to call it it's just us trying to show you like hey we want that love too
1: yeah that's very, very well said and you know us both being st louis boys you know st louis has really had a big place in the black lives matter movement particularly the last several years with you know what happened in in Ferguson which was you know I used to spend you know so many of my my weekends and 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 nights in Ferguson just being you know right next to where I where I grew up and you know the incidents recently you know here where I live now with the fluorescent police and then we got you know, people in downtown St. Louis brandishing guns on their front lawns, and yeah, you know, how have the last few years affected you? You know, outside of wrestling, put wrestling aside for a second. How have the last mm-hmm. few years here in St. Louis affected you personally?
0: Man, so you know, it's it's kind of I I will admit this, sometimes like I'm, I I get uneasy. I feel really uneasy. Um, just being around people who don't look like me, you know what I mean. Um, I never felt that way until like several years ago, especially after the Ferguson, um, Mike Mike Brown. Like people started showing their like true colors, yeah. and I was just like, whoa, where is this coming from? And it, it makes it makes me feel real uneasy around anyone who I like. I can see someone who look like me and be cool. But if I don't, if I'm around someone else, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Because I don't know, like, where you stand on just stuff like that. I always, I think about that now so much, so much. And I'm just like, man, like, what do you really think about me? Like, what, like, do, like what's, what's the problem? You know, like, I always have a chip on my shoulder. And I'm trying to tell myself, like, I, I, I don't want to judge a book by its cover because of another book or whatever. But it's so hard because... Is just like the, the, the world we're living in, it, it gives me no choice but to be on that defensive. But like I said, man, I, I try not to judge people because it could be genuine people out there who want to help at the end of the day, who want to try to create that change with us, who want to try to make that difference with us. It, oh, man, it's tough. It's really hard. It's really hard, especially for me, man. It's hard.
1: Well, I think that's why the, you know, the event the, you know, Black Wrestlers Matter event in Iowa was a very important, you know, thing. You know, there's there's so much we can do. There's only so much we can do in the world of pro wrestling here to kind of, you know, affect change in other avenues. But I think an event like that is is a good start, you know, something like that. And the fact that it's already been, been uh, greenlit for part two in 2021, uh, Juneteenth next year, I believe, uh, that's, that's excellent. You know, that's awesome. And I think that, you know, hopefully by then we can even have bigger crowds, you know, hopefully in the you know middle of 2021. And like I said, it's, it's crazy how society mirrors pro wrestling. So, so often. So when I was at WrestleMania last year, my very first WrestleMania, went up to New York with my wife, Kofi Kingston finally wins that world title. It seemed like that moment resonated very strongly with not just black athletes in pro wrestling, but black athletes everywhere. A a big moment, no doubt, but is the black athletes place in wrestling where you hoped it would be in 2020? And if not, what steps can be made to, to help improve that?
0: I feel like is creating some ground like you're starting to get there but it's definitely work to be done it's that i feel like it's definitely a lot of work to be done especially like i noticed like a lot of people are starting to speak up for themselves more which they should um It's funny, man, like, this whole, like, pandemic has, like, really opened people's eyes to a lot of things, especially in wrestling and life, and people are starting to stand up for themselves, they're starting to speak out more, Um, they're starting to say, hey, like, I don't need you, you need me at the end of the day. Um, And it's it's, it's funny, like, especially the Twitterverse of wrestling is you, my God, it's so many, it's so many doors that can be opened and closed with that universe, it's insane, but, like, it's helpful, too, at the same day, I mean, same time, because um, like, I know for me, like, it's, my following has gotten better on social media since this whole COVID mess has started, um, it's creating more opportunities for me, um, I just feel like being able to talk, being able to speak, being able to say what's on your mind, no matter if it's good or bad, whatever the case may be, it's being said, finally. Instead of being quiet, say something. Closed mouths don't get fed. Um. So, you gotta do what you gotta do, and I understand that, man. It is, you know, you live, athletes in general, you live with this, you live in this world of shut up and play. And people are sick of that. They're gonna do, cause the and, cause like, they're gonna do what, what they want, but you're not going to tell me what to do anymore because because you need me and if you think i need you you have another thing coming because there's going to be somebody else who's going to do for me that you won't so
1: talking with camaro jackson here for a few more minutes on the rhino wrestling review and prowrestling.com uh camaro talk about family for a second if you don't mind uh i know you Mm -hmm post regularly about the joys of being a husband and a father and how important that role is uh in your life how do you balance family life with the career dreams that you have and you know what role does family play in your future as you follow this pro wrestling dream
0: i think like over the last year or so and some change it's gotten better because at first i wasn't really too keen on doing a lot of stuff like, traveling far out, or just, you know, just doing a lot of getting too heavy with wrestling, like, like get involved, but, like, not doing too much, I'm, like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of my family, like, I know they need me, but then I'm also, like, okay, then what am I doing it for if I'm not going all in, so I had to make a decision, like, either I'm going to be, try, I'm either going to be a weekend warrior, want going to do this sometime, or I'm going to make this my career, and I didn't go through all of that stuff in the beginning of my career, not to make this a full-blown thing. So it, it became a thing where I had to, like, kind of have a conversation with my wife, like, all right, this is going to get kind of rocky, for real, because I really want this. And I just need to know that she got my back. And, like, she, man, it's, it's really cool just to see, like, how her host's perspective on me wrestling has changed, because, like, she's very helpful um, she, uh man, she's actually in the process of making me some, making us some merch like water bottles, stuff like that. She has a little cricket machine, nice. like really good at doing this, like l- womanly stuff. <laughs> but, uh, man, she's been real helpful, like really helpful. My kids are understanding, like they get it. So like when I leave, I go, I have to leave for shows. Like, okay, daddy, you about to go wrestle? Are you gonna win? And I'm like, I'm gonna try. And like when I come home with a championship or a trophy, like, oh daddy won. What's that? So like it's really exciting just to see their reaction to it. And like I'm just I'm just so curious how it's gonna be in the next few years or so because I feel like it's gonna even be better. Because it's gotten better. At first it was it was rough. It definitely was hard at first. And I was trying to compromise, but now I was like, you know what? I can do both.
1: There you have it, folks. Camaro Jackson. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Again, at Heel Camaro. That's at H-E-E-L-C-A-M-A-R-O. What a pleasure to talk to this young man. As, like I said, he is just in the beginning stages of a very promising pro wrestling career. He's already so good in the ring, both in singles and as part of the Alpha and Omega tag team Really, uh, the sky's the limit for Camaro Jackson, so we hope to have him on again. I really appreciate how candid he was, how honest he was, and like I said, I'm a big fan of his. I know you're going to be too. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Show this guy some love because he really deserves it. And he's he's a fellow St. Louis boy like myself, so that just has me rooting for him even more on his pro wrestling journey and wherever this crazy road of pro wrestling may take mr camaro jackson in the near future and beyond i'm very excited for him and i hope you guys are too Uh, let me know what you guys thought about the interview shoot me an email rhino wrestling review at gmail.com you can shoot me a tweet and a follow at rhino underscore wrestling that's at r y n o underscore wrestling and i am at dan rhino and i am out of time For this edition of the Rhino Wrestling Review, thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We will be back next week with another episode as we get back to the grind here. Thank you for everybody who's been sending in emails asking about my health. COVID uh, kicked my butt. However, I continue to kick out and continue to get back on track to bringing you, hopefully, these shows every week. August was a bad month for me. Kind of had a little bit of a relapse, but I got through it with so many kind emails and direct messages from people asking how I'm doing, asking if the show's still going. Yeah, folks, the show's still going. It's going to be as subpar as ever. Don't you worry about that. Thank you for all the love that th- that you're showing me. I really appreciate it. You don't even understand how much it means to me. Uh, Shout-out to our buddy uh, Dougie Wrestling over at the STF Underground Podcast. Him, Fox, De Ryan, and Mr. Main Event do an awesome show uh, come to you on ProWrestling.com and your favorite podcast platform every Friday So make sure that you are listening to them For your good wrestling podcasting needs And then come back to your boy When you need that Bottom of the barrel subpar uh, Podcasting wrestling in your life Don't kick out of each other's finishers See ya hey. It's the R to the Y, N to the O, Uh on a block like a tortoise with a slow, on a block like a baker cause I'm picking up my dough, and when I'm in the booth like I'm cooking up a